Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. As always, it's good to have you today. We have found ourselves in a series of episodes all wrapped around preschool, preschool tips, preschool ideas, preschool insights, preschool strategies. And we are going to do that again today. We have our friends Klista Stortz and Rachel Kobach from the VBS team at Lifeway and the Explore the Bible Kids team at Lifeway, respectively. Klista and Rachel, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be so here. Glad to be back. Now, I, I know that you both are like we recorded. This is we, when we get together for the podcast. We typically record two episodes whenever I get a guest. We'll try to capture one and then they may not air for the listener back to back. But usually if you hear one, you're going to get that person again sometime later. But as we wrapped up the recording of our first session, this is the second for us. You both thought we were done. And when I said we're going to do another one, you both were a little. Oh, I don't want to say that you didn't want to. Because yeah. I know you love being on the podcast and sharing thoughts, but <laughs> yeah, you were both a little, oh, we need to do another one. Yeah. I only brought one outfit. Do I need to go change clothes? That's hilarious. <laughs> I may need another cup of coffee for this one. That's, another cup of coffee is absolutely in order, unless oh, you're yeah. me, and then too much caffeine, not a good thing. No, I have enough sense. energy already. They tell mm-hmm. me. I don't understand. Hey, full of it. You are. So, okay, let me ask that coffee question. So... Um, Rachel, evidently you are a coffee drinker. Tell me about your coffee preferences. Do you drink like one cup in the morning? Do you drink coffee all day? And how do you like to take your coffee? Oh, easy answers to this question. I drink coffee all day long. (laughs) I drink it black and I don't like really. I do. And I do not like all the frou-frou, creamy, yucky. I don't even like iced coffee. And it all started as a, a college student because, uh, my mother had given me, let me have coffee as a child, believe it or not. I, I remember being maybe five or six and she would give me mostly milk with sugar and a little bit of coffee in it to drink along with the grownups. But when I got to college and I was working a summer job at night, the only way I could get my coffee was out of a machine. And if you've ever had coffee dispensed from a machine, in, it was <laughs> awful. It was like syrup coming down out of that spout <laughs> and it was black and it was, it was disgusting. And I, it was horrible. So my other option was to take it black out of that machine, because as I said, I worked all night long, like the midnight shift to earn money to go to college. And uh, so I opted for the black coffee. And from that point on, I have never drunk sugared, sweetened, creamed coffee. It's black only. Wow. Caffeine. I mean, so I don't for- do the decaf stuff. That's how, how serious I am. So Rachel, <laughs> let me ask this then. So are you... Are you choosy today about the type of roast of your coffee or like, do you grind your own beans? A lot of people who drink coffee black are kind of like these aficionados, you know, who have like, they can taste the difference and they would never use Maxwell House or Folgers. Oh no, it's just gotta be coffee. It's just just co- okay. Be coffee. All right. Interesting. <laughs> I have been trying to teach myself to drink black coffee uh, just to, cause I do like a flavored cream or the stuff that you called frou-frou yucky stuff. I like that stuff. So I've been trying to reduce my sugar intake because, you know, growing up, becoming an adult, I'm trying to reduce those things. And I thought, well, really the one place where I have sugar every day is in that flavored creamer in my coffee. Oh my goodness, Rachel. It's black coffee is brutal. You got to be a hardcore toughie toughie to, to drink that black coffee every day. 
Well, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> now, Clista, you are not a coffee drinker, as as I recall. You are oh. more of like a morning Dr. Pepper gal, aren't you? <laughs> well, I do, but I will say I do start with one cup of coffee, and it's not a little one. It's it's a big one, but I do. I'm picky in that I want half and half, just plain half and half creamer. Mm no sweet. I don't like anything sweet in my coffee at all. I do. My favorite roast is Southern pecan. Oh, so, okay. Um, <laughs> so you do have a roast. Yes. I do have a roast. I don't grind them myself, but I do yep. have one. Um, but yeah, Southern, Southern pecan coffee with real cream. And I did finally buy myself a cream frother. Oh, my goodness, that changed <laughs> my life. But then that's that one cup of coffee. And then I go to, yes, a soft drink of usually it's Diet Dr. Pepper, but I didn't want to, you know, make an ad there or anything. That's all right. I've already mentioned Folgers and Maxwell House <laughs> and now Diet Dr. Pepper. So we're, all, we're too deep in <clears throat> this episode brought to you by Folgers, yeah. Maxwell House and Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> there you go. Maybe oh, they'll pay us a royalty. Wouldn't that be awesome? If only you got paid for doing that, 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 that would be good. Well, thank you for indulging me in, in the questions. I do, uh, and listeners, this is just a little insight for you, because, you know, what we do here is very much a conversation, and you may be one of those listeners who, when the podcast comes on, you're like, skip over the first two or three minutes, because you're like, I know Chuck's just going to banter about something that I'm not interested in, but there's there's a method behind all of this sorts of things, guys, and this little questions like this are great things that we can use with our ministry teams to help us get to know each other. And we do this and we don't really talk about why on the podcast, but it does a couple of things. It really helps when you're talking with someone to not just cut right to the meat of a conversation, especially if you're talking about serious things. We often need to do that in our work and in our ministries, but just to build relational connection, to help everyone relax and to get to know each other. So all of these little questions that I use, I think last time I had the two of you on, we talked about how do you put your shoes on? Sock, sock, <laughs> shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe. It's a silly question, right? It has nothing to do with the topic of the day, but questions like that do a couple of things for us as leaders, it kind of teaches us to interact and engage with whoever we're talking with, to listen and to get to know them. It, it often comes up as something that we can bring back later in the conversation as a way that we can relate to one another. Questions like this are great as you build relationships with your volunteer teams in your huddle time to help get to know each other. It also helps me know what kind of coffee to bring Rachel if I'm ever going to bring her a treat, right? I can learn little things about her. Uh, and then also little questions like this are a great thing to use with our kids. Obviously not about their coffee, but you might ask them about their favorite breakfast cereal or about what, what about their dog or their cat or what kind of what color their bedroom is. Those kinds of questions are just great little ways to build connection. So thank both of you for being willing to indulge in those and listeners pick up on this stuff and go ahead and use it with your team. So speaking of topics, now that we've talked about the off topic topics, let's get to the on topic topics for the day topic for the day. We want to talk today about specifically in the preschool space. And we've established last time that we were with you that you guys are both experts. You have wonderful expertise through your years of experience in working with preschool. One of the areas that's most important in preschool beyond building relationships and all those things that are very important, but the point of it all is to connect kids with Jesus, to connect them with God's word, with biblical truth, with Bible stories. I don't like that word story. That may be another discussion with accounts of things that had happened in the Bible uh, that we're telling these, our children about. Communicating that truth to 
preschoolers, whether they're younger or older preschoolers, is something that takes a little bit of a different level of expertise and of insights. And so as you two have taught Bible stories, again, pushing back on that word a little bit, even as I use it, to children, I want to talk today about some tips that you have for communicating biblical content to little ones. So we can talk about uh, age-appropriate communication, words to use or not not use, um, Bible phrases. Where would you like to go? What are some of your top tips for teaching the Bible to our littlest ones? Chuck, I, just thinking about what you just said, I know, I just feel certain Clista would agree with me that being editors, we deal with this every day. We think about that curriculum that we're developing for the leaders in the churches. Right. And, and <clears throat> even this morning, as I was working on a, a session for next year, it, just grappling over what is the best way to really introduce this person this event, this Bible truth, this concept, is this the best approach? And as a teacher, it's the very same thing because then I, as a teacher myself in my church, I take the curriculum and I evaluate it on that end of it and say, is this the best way for me to really get across this idea to this age child? Sometimes I find it's working great. Other times it's a struggle. And, and I think the bottom line of that is you have to know the children, you have to know their, uh, their foundation. Has this child, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, has the child been in a home where Jesus has been the topic of conversation, or where church has been an experience, or the Bible is a, a book that's available and used and uh, obvious as a part of that lifestyle? Or is this child someone who has absolutely no, no connection to the Bible? It's, it's, it's really difficult to get across this information, these, these ideas, if, if, if we don't know how to present them. So I, that leads me to one of the tips I did write down is that our goal is to introduce, introduce the person, event, concept, or whatever, and then emphasize its importance and how it relates to talk about it and bring some application, bring it to the level of the child, whatever that basic experience is. This is how I can help that child connect to it and then repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. There's no time you ever say it too many times, ever, ever. And I, I know this is true and I know the repetition is important even at my age, because I have learned more in the past 10 years, I think, than I have in my entire life. And it's because of the background of experience I've had in my, and even teaching has brought new insights to me. And as an editor, I've also learned a whole lot more because I've had to dig deeper in different passages. But I think it's, it's starting with uh, the simplest information and figuring out the best way to, Simplify it more if you need to, to communicate the main idea to the child. So uh, so one of those things that's an important word I want to call out there that you touched on is that the things that we're teaching in preschool are intentionally foundational. 
Yeah. Right. We if we're used to working with older children, we might have them leave with a with a you know what we might call a life application. Okay, we've learned this today. Therefore, go and live this out this week. That's a little harder, a little less realistic in the preschool space, right? But we but it is very important that we lay a firm foundation so that later they understand these basic concepts and basic truths and basic biblical principles that we will build on as we go. So having them all leave, being able to repeat the full story and say what the takeaway of the day is may not be the ultimate goal with the little ones. Right. I mean, they, we also in preschool, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I am so sorry. I'm sure that this is even well, you need a sip that. of Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm so sorry. Uh, this <laughs> brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <clears throat> there you she go. literally just took a sip of Diet I Dr. Pepper. Really I really did. I really did. Um, and I know that you meant this through everything you said, but we really do still, even in preschool, try to teach some type of life application from yes, that's right. whatever we just um, we just spoke about. How can you be kind? Like. Jesus was kind. How can, you know, you can go do this. You can be a friend. That's being like Jesus. And so we do those kinds of things. And, and I, you know, as far as your tips go, even the questions that you ask at the beginning of your podcast, I do believe that we can use them with our, even with our preschoolers and again, greet them at the door and you say, you know, how was your soccer game this week? Um, or as I'm getting to know the child and I realize he plays soccer or if a child comes and she wants to tell me about her room or about her baby doll or whatever, I get to learn that this is the way this child, I could connect best with him by being active. I can best um, connect with this little girl by not being too abrupt and just kind of making that slow connection with her. And so We've, we've mentioned it before, but just teaching the Bible through the whole morning, mm. uh, through your whole session. That's not just one five-minute story right. that we read, uh, right? Exactly. It's, it's something that's ingrained into every activity that exactly. we do. Yeah. Our group times, our group times, so to speak, our, our Bible story times are a time um, that we kind of bring it all together, but it literally, as far as the story part goes, is, is maybe five minutes. Um, it because then you do so many different activities that go with it or you let them participate in telling the story or you know those kinds of things and so we just have I wish I do I can't lie I don't go to adult Sunday school because I get bored sometimes and I get this ADHD I, like, I need stations we need stations in adult groups I know. come on so when, when are we going to do this because I get to looking around and and counting things around because I was that's not me. I can't sit that long. And that's why I do preschool. Right, that's hilarious, Krista. I had no idea that anybody else did, did that besides <laughs> me. I thought I was the only one, like counting the number of panes in the window panel or whatever else because I'm distracted. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm glad to know that I've got, got a kindred spirit with you in that. Yeah. And you know, Chuck and Krista both uh, think about what we've just talked about earlier about how we communicate these truths. And, and Krista was talking about uh, the children, not, not all of them the same. You've got to know the children and get to know how they learn. And that's so important. That's why you've got to incorporate a lot of tools, different things, uh, toys, resources, pictures, games, puzzles, music. We talked about that. Role play, uh, creative uh, activities, uh, drama, because not 
all children like to do the same thing. And that is that is so, so obvious in, in a preschool environment. And so if your goal is to teach a Bible concept and you've got you've got a limited amount of time and you've got a room full of all kinds of learners who some are, you know, they're verbal learners or they're they're uh, natural learners or they're, you know, physical learners, whatever. You've got to think about how can I communicate this main truth today, my main focus to this child over here and to this one over here. And you've got to, I mean, it's, it's like try to provide as many different ways of learning as you can within the limitations of your environment and your teaching staff and your resources. Certainly, as we talked about in our last podcast, nothing's ideal. But hopefully that's how one child will connect with that biblical truth. Another one will connect with it and another, another one will. And just as Calissa said a moment ago, the Bible story, circle time, group time, gathering time is just one little part of that. The rest of the, the, rest of the session is really should be focused on individually connecting with each child in the best way that child learns, whether it's through music or pictures or words or physical activity or whatever. So, uh, and that's, that, that's when you can see light bulbs coming on and you see happy faces and you yourself feel like I have, I have, I've connected with this child. And so I think your learning approach, your learning, uh, your tools, have to be varied in that and again that story time is just one little bitty part of that mm. session it really is and the Thank older you. you get the longer you can sit there it, but then when you get to be a grown-up it's harder to sit so one of the words that i would that i might use in the preschool space as a as a word of encouragement for us as adults is to continually simplify, like to keep mm-hmm. it as simple as we can. You right. both have mentioned the Bible concept and, and, and I didn't mean to, uh, to skirt <laughs> over or to, or to, um, de- devalue the idea that no. there is application in preschool, yeah, I knew but I think that. for, but thank you for helping me not miscommunicate that to yes, our listener you. friends, yes. but we do heart. need to have, we do need to have simple and age appropriate messages because right. as adults, we can make things really complicated really quickly, right? There's all the concepts and all these big ideas. Uh, we yeah. need to remember to keep it simple and concrete right. and then to repeat those things. Talk to us no, about the importance no. of that simplicity. Oh, absolutely. Because I, you know, I did have a <laughs> a precious, she was wonderful uh, teacher of threes and fours. And she was talking to one little girl about her sister who had, just been become a Christian and was being baptized that morning. And the little girl was so excited telling about her sister and her teacher said, well, you know, now that she's a, now that she is a Christian, um, Satan's really going to come after her and she's going to have to really, you know, uh, follow Jesus and be strong. And I was like, well, that makes me want to become one. Right. And so she did it with a, a very sweetheart, but I was like, oh my goodness. Or, you know, we don't, we don't talk to kids about being washed in the blood of the lamb because they literally think you're going to wash them the blood of a lamb. So we're not going to go into those things. The Christian- those kind of things could be scary to little kids. Yes. The idea that Satan is chasing them yes. or that. Yeah. He's yeah. Go after her and try to. Make yeah. Now I'm afraid sister. for her. 
So why would you not want to do that? Um, but the other thing that popped into my head from before and uh, really about this as far as speaking in terms that they believe and that they can understand is another reason that we try very hard to keep things real in the classroom. And so mm -hmm. this is a time when um, I'm not saying that you can't have all kinds of fun fantasy things at home. I don't think it's awful and all of that, but at church, we try very hard to have books about real things. It can be, it can be a, you know, an illustration, a fun illustration of a dog and whatnot, but we try really hard for the dog not to talk. We're not going to have a book about them talking and, um, or all the princesses and the fairies and because they hear about those things at home. We have an hour, hour and a half to teach them real thing. And mm. so we want them to understand that every time you come to church, I'm going to tell you the truth, um, that this is real, um, because eventually they are going to learn that some things that they've heard throughout their lives might not be real. And so we want them, anything they learn at church, anything they play with at church is going to point them back to Jesus, point them back to the Bible, help them to see how it relates to their real lives. And they're, even as a that very young age, they are all the time having to learn to differentiate between what's real and what's it's, pretend. Exactly. Exactly. So we try, that's one thing I think that I would really talk to teachers about and things that I see when I go um, do some consultations is so many books and puzzles that are from, from cartoons and things like mm -hmm. that. And I was like, you know, even if you could just get a fun animal puzzle that is not cartoon, that it's, you know. Well, and sometimes in, in, in some of our resources, so Clisty, you work on our VBS team. I know that we're very intentional in VBS that the, the teaching pictures that we provide have an element of realism in the style yeah. of art that we use and that that is intentional. So that when they see that picture, it's not a cartoon. Now, there's nothing wrong, like you said, with using illustrations. Right. And there are many resources that do use more cartoony style illustrations. Right. Right. But when we do see teaching pictures, uh, there's, there's method behind that decision. Yeah, I, I was amazed. Um, Rachel probably even can speak more to this, um, but one of the things when I came onto Lifeway just 15 years ago, which sounds like a long time, but wait until Rachel tells you how long she's had the, the pleasure of working there, but was the um, research even that goes into those realistic, excuse me, those realistic pictures in that I remember them changing um, the sandals on one of the people's feet in this picture they're like well this would not have been during the time of jesus or during this time of when this picture takes place so we're going to have to redo that and i was like oh my goodness the things that those scholars know that are so important because when they look at that picture i don't want them to think that they wore cowboy boots back in the day I, they need to see how life really was and i was just amazed at the those painstakingly deep you know the details that that we try to make sure are right Rachel, I want to give you a chance to speak to that, but I want to interject here for a second with that observation, Clista. Listeners, you need to know, and this is something that I, I would encourage you, no matter what resource you use, 
you really need to know that the people that create the curriculum that you use are paying attention to details like that. So not all curriculum that's out there is equal, right? There's a lot of resources that are out there all over the internet from different publishers and different providers. One of the things that, that makes me so proud of our team at Lifeway, our Lifeway Kids team in particular, is that I know that the people who write these resources know what they're talking about. They know how to lead kids like the two of you with the experience that you have in preschool informs the resources we write. You're not right out of school. Um, you're not just creatives. You're both very creative. But you are, you bring an element of scholarliness and all of our writers and editors and contributors do. And so I know, and I like to always say that the resources that we create in Lifeway Kids, if you use them, you are never going to accidentally teach a false doctrine or never accidentally teach heresy, right? Because we know that the people who write it are aware of those kinds of things. And it may seem like a small detail, eh, who cares what kind of sandals are in the picture? But the truth is because you know we care about the sandals in the picture, you know that you should know, listeners, that every word that we use in a Lifeway resource is scrutinized and reviewed and evaluated to make sure that it is sound. So that just gives me as the leader of the kids team, such confidence in the resources that we make. And so listeners, I highly recommend Whatever you use, for, please use ours because they're wonderful. <laughs> I think they're the best. But whatever you use, you as a leader need to make sure, even at the preschool level, that you are evaluating what you're teaching to make sure that it is solid and sound. Rachel, I want to give you a chance to speak to the, the realism of teaching pictures and that importance of kids understanding that the things that we talk about are real and true. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd love to do that because uh, as I was listening to both of you uh, talk about that, I was remembering the number of years I have been at Lifeway and the value that has been placed on authenticity. How, Rachel, and, tell us how many years have you been at Lifeway? Because I think this really is such a wonderful testimony. Oh, yes, we oh, yeah. do. <laughs> we need to record this for posterity, for posterity's sake, Rachel. <laughs> More than close, I'll say that. I have 45 years. Yeah. And so, like, like she said, I started as a, a, I was a young mother and that those beginning years, I learned as much how to be a good mom and, and do the right thing as I did uh, how to be a good editor. Regardless, getting back to that, uh, the realism of the teaching pictures and the art and so forth, there is a, a, a purpose behind that. And, and you know, we want it, we want the Bible to be real, as real as we can make it. We can't see God. We can't meet up with the people who wrote the Bible. We can't, not, not all of us can get the, afford the ability to go see, step on the lands where Jesus walked, but we can trust the people who are behind the scenes. And I know that it, in kids ministry, for sure, our materials are written by experienced people who have used they have been to conferences, they have degrees or not, they've taught, they know children. Our, our materials are edited by people like Calista and me who really dig into the scriptures, try to verify everything. We try to make sure it's accurate. And we have doctrinal readers, theological readers, educational experts who read behind us. And they will point out things that are, again, you know, do not follow the scripture or do not match our doctrine. And so we have that uh, behind us supporting all that. 
And now I want to acknowledge as we, in closing, as we get ready to wrap up this particular episode, I want to acknowledge we're, we need to be careful. Now, there's a lot of churches in there and things like music and art are so subjective, right? There's a lot of room yeah. for how we use those things. So we, I want to be careful that we are not saying you must use a certain type of picture just to explain to listeners that there are leaders who make choices about things like that with great intention. If you're using an illustrated storybook or a resource that uses cartoon imagery, that doesn't mean it's a bad resource necessarily. Right. The important takeaway on this is not to critique the art of your resource. It is to make sure that we take measures to reinforce to kids. And I love to do this every week to open a real Bible when it's time to tell the story, not to read it from a piece of paper or a screen. And to say the the Bible is God's special book, it is it's real. You know the people in the Bible are real, and the stories in the Bible are true. And just little simple things like that are great ways uh, for us to emphasize to to the children at a very young age the foundation that the Bible is God's book. The people are real and the stories are true. And that alone is an important takeaway for our right. preschoolers. I, I, you know, there are illustrations out there that that are truly just fine. We we even within Lifeway have all different types. Of yes, we do. That's right. We really do. do. Mm -hmm. And so I can, if I do show a picture, I might say, you know, we don't really know what so-and-so look like. And right. so, you know, this, but for our story today, this is this. And so, yeah, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be, it, obviously we don't have a photograph. So everything is an illustration. Yeah. Um, but what I, you know, just the detail that I really brought it out more just for, <clears throat> this is such a detail we really do pay attention to. And I, a lot of times I just start out when I'm teaching the actual um, Bible stories, just to say, boys and girls, this really happened. Mm -hmm. This is true. It really happened. And that yeah. usually my kids are like, Oh, yeah. I mean, remember Melita, who's our, you know, one of our kids ministry specialists in one day, she was talking that in the garden of Eden and the serpent and, and he was taught, you know, that he said to Adam and Eve and that one kid goes, Whoa, a talking snake. And so she's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, there, there's a lot of things out there that you're like, really, but yeah, really. Um, so it's just a big thing for us and the teacher more so than the picture even is to just say this really happened. And if you do have an illustration, you say, you know, it might have looked like this. I don't really know. Exactly. But here's this. So. And, and the main thing is to use the Bible. That That's your best tool. Absolutely. Use your Bible. Have many Bibles in the room. Yes. Ultimately, kids need to know that the that the things that we talk about come from that book uh, because years later and all their experience as they walk with the Lord is we need to be pointing them back to him to his word uh, that the truths that we teach don't come from a piece of paper they don't come from the internet they come from the Bible such an important starting place yeah. Rachel and Clista thank you for being back on the podcast for a second episode I'm so glad that you stuck with us this has been a great conversation thank you both for being here thanks for having us
Thanks, Kat. And listeners, as always, thank you for being with us. We hope that the things that we talked about are not only interesting, but they are practical and applicable so that you can apply them to your ministries this week. Share these with your leaders. Dig back to our archives at lifeway.com slash kids. And we'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 